0: to Article 23, the podcast all about making work, work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Moi, and we are continuing in this short series of a special series of our podcast where we're getting up close and personal with members of our own team. And it's been really good fun to learn about each other and to hear about what we think about different things in a really formal formal sort of way. And today we have the pleasure of talking with the wonderful Jess Pollard. Welcome.
1: Welcome. It's great to be here. I finally made the podcast after listening to it
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you, That's good. We have a guy in Brazil, too. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> He's really lovely, which is like two minutes after we launch it. Um, to give some background to Jess, and I should do that, is you've joined us to, you've been, we've known you for a little while, but you've joined us to lead the JV that we have, which is Career Switch, which is a new business we've been building with our friends from Flex Careers. And so, let's start with telling us a little about you. Talk about your work history,
1: let's start there. So, work history. uh, I would say there's kind of two streams to that. I started off as a professional artist, singer, and so I've done that, I guess, ever since I was about 17. That was everywhere from sort of touring in my own bands I think the highlight probably would have been the last National Big Day Out Festival was amazing. So it Red Hot Chili Peppers like, and the Killer On
0: stage, not yeah. in the crowd. With yeah. The
1: so <laughs> featuring on that and, and I do some tours with the kooks. And then I always, I have sort of another side life as a singer, which was doing, sort of singing for commercials, whether that was Woolies or Big Farmers in the US. So you're it was, the voice. Yeah, yes. is <laughs> fun. I'm um, so, and I love that work. It's sort of like, the thing I love about music is it's ongoing collaboration, getting in the room with your mates and building something new. And um, So I did that for about 10 years and when I was studying, it sort of created the start of my parallel life, which has kind of led here, which I became really interested in what are the support structures that are available to support artists. So athletes have quite a detailed structure and organisations around them for at least bigger sports, whether it's your rugby or your cricket. Um, and that kind of led me down a rabbit hole which, where I said, why isn't there, whether it's the crisis support that we now see with something like Support Act or even just the holistic care that takes it, um, taking place at any level of the kind of creative career, whether that's, you know, we have something like, I've forgotten the exact statistic. Oh, let's see. 76% of um, Australian professional artists uh, have some sort of tertiary education qualification.
0: Yeah. So they're like the, the super highly educated group. Highly educated group, but three three quarters. It's amazing. I would not have known that.
1: And then 81% of them after um, sort of study are going into some sort of precarious employment position, whether that's running their own business, freelance portfolio, casual, juggling arts, non-arts pursuits. And I was like, why isn't there the care and the support structures set up to sort of set people up for success? So I ended up sort of looking into that space and then stumbled as I think you do in your <laughs> career pursuit into more specifically the career space. Uh, Cause I became interested in how do you apply creativity when it comes to your career? Cause it is a creative pursuit. Um, it's the building together of different options into your, your own unique uh, display, which yeah. is your career. Yeah. That's and, a great way to look at it. And so ended up going to study a master's in that. And then for the past,
0: sort of four or five years have been that's quite a big rabbit hole. I fell into a rabbit hole. I did my masters in careers. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> well it's
1: I mean there's a lot of stories along the way of like how do you find those things. But um and then I was really lucky to meet John Mum and Greg Mum at Career HQ, who guys are both
0: very adorable. Oh
1: and I was I felt really blessed to meet them because it was just that right time, you know, the right time, right place. And I went on to work with them at Career HQ. And we sort of ended up co-creating this really unique uh, approach to careers, which is that we went in and built these community-wide projects where we worked with all the schools in the area, the local government, industry stakeholders, youth representatives, and we brought them together in on this project to really look at what are the career aspirations of young people, how do they wanna be supported in making career decisions, how they feel about their local community. And we sort of, I think in our time working together, we worked with sort of over 6,000 young people and there were big projects on like Tamworth in Sutherland, and we worked with a whole range of remote schools, and just the insights coming back from that data. A, I was really optimistic in that it showed the level of aspiration that is out there, Yeah. Um, but also yeah. that there's a whole bunch of questions that came out of that around how do we better support young people. Um, and that's...
0: Yeah, some of the big projects that I worked on before coming on board with Career Switch. Yeah. And we're, we're also work, we're working with Career HQ as part of one as well because it's such a cool way to look at what are the skills behind a job, how do you decide what you want to do, where does aspiration fit into the reality, how do you blend those? I, I think they're, they're building something really special. It's lovely that, you know, you were part of building that up as well. Mm. So now you're taking all of that diverse background and the rabbit hole masters. <laughs> like make you a deep specialist but um you're taking all that and you're starting to think about changing careers the shape of careers career transition which is of course where career switch is and already you know i just know from sitting and listening and and talking with you um you're thinking and you're challenging of what has been the traditional model of both careers and transition of careers is just i think going to change everything i think you've got a totally different view of the way this should be structured and it's probably a long, long overdue. So we're delighted to have you here.
1: Oh, thank delighted you. Delighted to
0: have you here. I, I think it's been, we're witnessing
1: just such a, an interesting point in time and being, it's so funny. I was watching this show, and I'm, so I'm 30, and they were talking about elder millennials or like being young-ish. <laughs> and I feel like I've been really lucky to grow up on a side where, A, I'm part of a new generation coming through that sees work differently. Yeah. But also um, attached enough to the different things that were out there that you can sort of go, how do we actually think about this in a different way? Because it's not career and life. They are one thing. And we're witnessing, I think, a a
0: change from a mechanical approach um, and Um, an industrialised approach. I love that because it's like we've had this view that we're going, here's my life and I have to stop doing my life to go to work. Mm. Because actually work is a really lovely part of life often.
1: And COVID has totally shifted the game on that because we're we're seeing into people's homes. I just had, you know, a Skype call with someone I've never met before and I'm sitting in her bedroom with her. (laughs) And you go, wow, our whole work life and also this this family is now sitting and when you put homeschooling on top of that, there's this complete blurring that
0: makes us reassess why we're doing this now we have to we have to start you like we do with all people in WA, okay. which is three words yes. so what are your three words to define you describe <laughs> you and you're allowed to change them in the future but for now what are your three words why those three words what do they mean Ooh. so
1: this was highly loaded when i came into the office i thought this was one of the biggest first tasks of my job <laughs> was picking these three but they came surprisingly easier so first definitely supporter um i love being in a room where you can bring people together and you can learn about what makes them tick, what yep. makes them excited and to support that. Um, and I really, uh, that is a part of all the work I've, I've done is really how do you support people at all ages and stages and motivate them to want to, um, I guess, create the change they want in their life. Second is definitely creator. yep, Because oh, whether it's music, art, businesses, Relationships, the creative pursuit, and the bringing together of new ideas—I oh, just, I just love that. And then the third is definitely an adventurer, and this maybe puts a little bit more uh, of my holiday weekend warrior self into the three, <laughs> which is whether it's trail running or snowboarding is another great love of my life. So that
0: my kind of three. So life of life of service as a supporter, creating something really cool and wild adventure when you stop doing it. Yeah. The and that's, that's a the pretty nice thing that's about that's the moi office, there's a little bit of adventurer in the office. Like there's, there's <laughs> enough chaos,
1: things going on, new threads, <laughs> laughter that you do,
0: you feel you can bring a bit of that in, which is really nice. You can bring all of that in, we love all <laughs> of that. So next question, uh, what's your big ambition? If you could do anything in your working life, what would you love to achieve? Oh,
1: I was thinking about a little bit about this because it's a loaded question and I've, it made me think of miscongeniality and being like world peace. <laughs> I want world peace. We could do um, some world peace right now. <laughs> yeah exactly world peace uh, but uh, I think from where I'm at and the skills I've started to build I really love to work with great people and teams to sort of build tools whether it's resources, work on building cultures and systems that really make it possible to support job mobility and equality. Because I, one of the reasons I did come into the career area is I think it's an area where we radically under in how we think about it, mm-hmm. yet it impacts every element of our life and we spend, you know, over half our waking life doing it. And it on top of that, it's also a big social justice mechanism in our system Massive. that we Massive. don't actually pay attention to. Um, like if you look at um, say when it, one of the areas of career sort of education, even looking at high schools is looking at the amount of women say going into subjects, whether it's engineering, ICT, advanced mathematics, the percentages are still not with us. Hmm. And if you can start to tip those scales and you, you see that in schools where it's bringing the world of work into the classroom you can start to reshape thinking and reshape aspirations so yeah it's really yeah making people think that there's more in the world out there and it's not such a big scary
0: place and the skills are at your fingertips i guess that's a that's a pretty cool ambition and i think from personal experience i did lots of maths and that's i'm a bit of a geek in the math space that's, everyone knows but um i in 1989 did an australian tour To get girls into mathematics because it was a big revelation they were going to do and so whatever you need to do to get women into science and maths and all those fields Mm. needs a different way of thinking about it so this idea the sort of career education opening it up is probably a great place to start Mm. because what we've done in the past hasn't worked they're still doing national tours of now women in stem but it's the same idea i think we often i mean there are some conversations around the pipeline
1: and how early that needs to begin but i mean so many of our beliefs around career are formed in primary school. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things is it and I I do hope one day Very we, true. we create a national curriculum, but that's a whole other radical. <laughs> so we're not gonna go there. otherwise
0: this conversation. will we'll never end. <laughs> so Tell us about your opinions. What do you think makes a great leader? Have you come across any yet in your career, mm. given you're a, you're a, um, what, a senior millennial? <laughs> <laughs> elder millennial? elder millennial. <laughs> um, you and, shall not pass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think are the great things that make a great leader, in your opinion? What are you looking for from a leader, if, if anything at all? And, and other things in pe- or people that you admire and why in that sort of space? I think it's interesting reflecting on
1: this as someone who's been in the gig economy, multiple employers, um, employed, self-employed. I think it's made me realize that maybe part of our generation, being not um, like a range of us not being part of big organisations, we're going to have a little bit of a gap in thinking consciously about this. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's been more a flip flop of like encountering a great leader not quite realizing it and then feeling like wow that person really helped me to grow and when I kind of think consciously about it and, and stop and really reflect aside from kind of the political space where you see the good the bad and the ugly I think the people that have really resonated with me in terms of leadership there's an element of humility mm mm-hmm. Um, and they have a deep passion for bringing out the best in others mm-hmm. and creating a space for that, I think. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you look at happiness in work, autonomy is such a big part of that. I'm a sucker for an optimist. Mm-hmm. I, that, that, I mean, that's why we get along. Like someone that, that wants and will push to see
0: better things. And I think a deep level of curiosity is really infectious, so and still growing themselves. Yeah, that's that's a great addition. Growing
1: themselves and their team. And with that, the asking of great questions. I yeah. think that's thing my dad always says to me is he loves being in a room of people that are brighter at all the things they do
0: than him. He just gets to sit there and yeah. sort of go like, tell me more. That's an awesome philosophy. Um,
1: and I think, yeah, so it's that bringing everyone up to your level leadership in that. And you meet people who've done extraordinary things and they have this way of creating a space for you in a room and making you feel like your story is heard, valid, and that you bring a new perspective on the world that's not better or worse, it's just different. Yeah. yeah. That's, mm. a pretty, that's a
0: great start for someone who hasn't thought consciously about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, topical question. Ooh. Uh, the experience related to COVID, has it changed the way you work? Yes, I mean, one backdrop to this is I spent nearly
1: six weeks almost solitary. Wow. So I so saw one, one so person. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <right>. So almost something <laughs> like six weeks, not even a cat or a dog. Oh, wow. Um, that's that's when big. It was funny. Judith Lucy was on the project and she had this doll that she was joking about hanging out with. And I empathized <laughs> with that. I was like, Oh no, this has been a tough time. Um, I think it has made me reflect on how much I love being around people and uh having the experience over the last two weeks of coming back into an office the laughter the incidental conversation the incidental learning and that space to be with people is mm. really special so I, I think one kind of strange analogy that came to my mind is like nonverbal communication we can easily um how do you say it so we often think words are our most powerful tool, but it's something like I don't know, whatever percent over fifty percent that is non-verbal. And I think maybe it's similar with the office. Mm. We're not quite conscious of all of the other things that it brings to us yeah. until yeah. you sit at it, and you, a nice
0: way to look at it and you go
1: like, oh, wow. No, there are all these elements that I haven't quite considered, but that are hugely joy bringing, connecting. Yeah. And, and work for me is about community and people. So getting yeah. in the room together is
0: amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you and me both. I'm not really a person who can stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) So back to you personally then. What's the work today that you're most proud of? And what are you excited about doing now? Um, One of the projects I've been really proud of
1: is a passion project my dad and I did together, which was the Mental Spinach Project. So we we published a book together. It was both, I'm proud of it because it was amazing to have that experience of writing the book with him, but it was also our way to kind of chew the fat on what does life look like how do you create frameworks for rethinking and for reconsidering for transition and so yeah we released mental spinach i think we've sold over four thousand copies of that and okay that's pretty cool i have one (laughs) Woohoo!
0: and i think (laughs) i have two two. i bought one for me and a friend (laughs) and it was a real
1: give back project in that every dollar we made went to education charities so we also got to contribute to charities that i really believe in like
0: australian schools plus story factory
1: we will put the
0: link to that up because it's actually a good book, T. No, oh, thank so you. Yeah. She's like, it's really I'm biased. <laughs> I'm biased. But we'll put it up so people can have a look at it. Mm. I'd really like that. So, yeah, really proud of that. And uh, I'm very
1: excited about taking on this role and coming yeah. together. And, and when I've had the chance to kind of meet all the team, the diversity of strengths is really amazing. So getting the chance to kind of bring that together into exploring the question in a deep way of how do we reconceptualize and I think breathe some life <laughs> that will be a into nice career change. transition. I mean, so <laughs> I, that's something that I'm really excited about is bringing, bringing to life that process and bringing it to, to people in a more holistic way. Like yeah. the future of work, it's a really real thing Yeah, and transitioning skills. It's very real for a lot of people. And we're seeing that more than ever. But we also can talk about that in a way that's inclusive, creative, possible, confidence building. Yeah. Like I like the start. I think it's always helpful that it looks like in the future, more jobs will be made, but they're just going to look different.
0: Yeah. And we all look different as we grow ourselves and we grow our lives. So true? And the best job you ever have in your life is the one you just made of yourself. The one, <laughs> like a couple of times I've people give me a job spec and I've just said, I don't really want to do that job, but I like to do this job. And I've written back to them with a different one. Mm. They're the two best jobs I've ever had in my life. Oh. And so I think that creation mm. of the job you want to do and will be really great at, make mm. like, a great contribution, I think, yeah, so much possibility.
1: And what's beautiful about any sort of transition process is it's a consolidated time to think about it. Like, yeah. Life is busy, people are busy. Yeah. And so having a moment to press pause and go, okay, what
0: next? What, like, I, what do I want to do, yeah. not just what I have to do? Yeah. Any final thoughts from you? I'm conscious the two of us when we talk, <laughs> we, we, this will be an, a, a two-hour podcast.
1: Um, final thoughts? Are just how beautiful it's been to join the team, and I can't wait for more conversations are off the air. Um, and <laughs> it's really been an too. example of yeah, how you can kind of fall into a family. And I and another thought because you know you don't know where these podcasts are going to or who's listening. I've been chatting with quite a lot of people and it's a really hard time for a lot of people for different reasons, whether that's financial, social. Yeah. And I think that cutting yourself some slack and how do we be kind, not just to ourselves, but to others and sort of, I think taking this moment in time to learn the lessons we can about how do we work together, collaborate, look after each other and take a moment for yourself just to do something fun today. And something that kind of brings life and a bit of joy to the day
0: is self care. Yeah. It's other care. Mm. Yeah, it is really, it, that's a great way to end because it's really true. It. So thank you very much for joining the podcast. I'm sure it'll be the first of many and for being so open and honest and bringing, I mean, you've really brought your background to life and it's, you, I think we're just going to learn so much from you. I think it's going to be great fun. Um, that's a big moi from me and from the rest of the team. To stay in touch with our community, jump on our newsletter, or better still, join our community of subscribers. You'll know, have an access to a whole bunch of things that we have on our site. Um, you'll find us either on the website www.moi.mwah.live, or just just us an email at team at moi.live. Big moi from us. Thank you. Bye guys. <laughs>